Hey friends, and welcome to episode 52 of It's About Time, a podcast sharing stories and strategies to inspire women seeking better work-life balance. I'm your host, Anna Dearman Cornick, and today's guest is one of the women that come to mind when I think about proof of what's possible. Right around the time I quit my full-time job to figure out full-time entrepreneurship, I found Megan Martin. But what made Megan truly different from so many other creative business owners out there is that she had her own distinct way of doing things. From her brightly colored rainbow branding in a sea of blush and bashful, to evolving her business over the course of nearly 10 years to fit each stage of her life, rather than forcing her life to bend to her business. Basically, if there's a mold, Megan says no thanks and does it her way. She's been a huge inspiration to me, and I've learned so much from her along the way. But let me officially introduce you to Megan Martin. Part mama, partpreneur. Megan Martin is a conversion-focused and color-loving website designer and community builder for digital business owners. She's spent the last nine years studying the ins and outs of magnetic branding and the science of conversion and shares the real behind the scenes of creating products, building a brand, and scaling for passive profit to over a thousand members in the digital lab. Megan's on a mission to help business owners design a life they want to live now instead of waiting till they're 80. So listen in to this interview to hear Megan share her family's version of the American dream and why it's definitely not cookie cutter or stuck inside a box. She gives us the inside scoop on how she runs a successful business and makes a huge impact while working less than 20 hours a week. Megan even tells us how she and her husband, Jeremy, set themselves up for retirement before 35. And she reveals how her business and their smart investments enable Jeremy to walk away from his high-paying corporate job. And because you know we always dig into time management strategies and tools, you'll hear Megan explain the stupid simple, her words, (laughs) method she uses to organize her time and her to-dos as an Enneagram 7. Another thing you'll hear us mention is Megan's online membership community, the Digital Lab. She shares the story of what led to launching this all-access, behind-the-scenes look at how she runs her business. It's real, it's uncurated, and if you've ever wanted to or you've been curious about adding digital products like templates, courses, or downloads to your business, now is the time to do it. And Megan's Digital Lab is the community and educational resource you need to make it happen. To learn more about the Digital Lab and get a 14-day free trial to this amazing community, head straight to abouttimepodcast.com forward slash digital lab. I'll also share this link in the show notes for this episode, which can be found at abouttimepodcast.com forward slash 52. Finally, I want to thank you again for tuning in and being a fan. And if you haven't yet, 
I invite you to click the subscribe button to be notified as soon as new episodes go live every Monday morning. And if you like what you hear, I'd be so grateful for your review. Your reviews play a huge role in helping others find It's About Time in the search results. And you might just get a shout out in a future episode, like this one going out to Failing Motherhood. (laughs) Failing Motherhood was so kind to leave a five-star rating and review. Failing Motherhood writes, fantastic. Anna was made to do a podcast. She's so well-spoken and cares so much for both her listeners and her guests. She shares valuable insight and deep conversations that add so much value. Failing motherhood, or should I say Danielle, because I know that this has to be Danielle Bettman. Hey, Danielle, host of the Failing Motherhood podcast, who joined me back on the show in episode 39. I was so delighted to have you as a guest, and I'm also incredibly grateful to have you as a listener. Thank you so much for your kind words and for tuning in. And with that, it's about time we get started, so let's get this show on the road. You're listening to It's About Time, a podcast about work, life, and balance. Around here, we believe that busy is not a badge of honor. Your host, Anna Dearman Cornick, is here to share tips and strategies to help you make the most of your time. Listen in on real conversations and success stories to find out how other go-getters are getting things done. If you're ready to step away from the overwhelm and spend your time on what matters most, then you're in the right place. Here's your host, time management coach, Anna Dearman Cornick. Hey, Megan, welcome to It's About Time. I am so like over the moon excited that you are joining me today and that you're sharing your story with the listeners. How you doing? I'm good. Thank you so much for inviting me. I'm so excited to just talk all things time management, even from my Enneagram 7 personality. (laughs) I love it. Did you ever think that you would be on a a podcast dedicated to time management? Absolutely not. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, I seriously cannot wait to share your perspective. Um, To give you guys listening in just a little bit of background. So I told you guys a little bit about Megan in the intro, you know, what she does. And I really don't mean to sound like a creeper, but I've been following Megan's career for a couple of years now. Um, Back when I was still still working full-time, crazy hours, I gradually started to get examples that there was a better way to to do things, at least for me. And Megan was one of those um, proof of what's possible. You know, I like to say that a lot of this podcast is about sharing proof of what's possible. And Megan is just such a phenomenal example of a woman who has designed a life based on or designed a business based on her life. And so I'm so pumped to have her tell you guys all about that today. But first, Megan, um, can you tell us just a little bit about yourself and how you spend your time in your own words? Yeah, sure. Well, thank you, first of all, for that. That was very, very kind. And I was like over here (laughs) blushing when you said that's proof of what's possible. But sometimes I'm even shocked myself of that my reality is proof of what's possible. Um, but yeah, I would love to share about how I spend my time. I, I sort of have two major facets of my life and that's my family 
uh, I'm a wife and a mother and my work. So these are, you know, I have this like silly little tagline on my Instagram bio, part mama, part preneur, but it really is my life and four words. Um, so I'm a mom of four with my husband, Jeremy. We have three girls and one boy, and that is pretty much um, the bulk of what I do in my life, especially now with, you know, pandemic season and we're all at our homes. I'm, I'm even, you know, just truly filling that role as a mom and a wife and loving it. And, and I mean, yes, we are in a pandemic, but honestly, our lives have, has not changed that much because Jeremy and I are full-time work from home entrepreneurs as well. So I have my family on one side of my life and then I have my business on the other side of the li- my life. So, uh, you know, when my kids are in school, we have three of our children in school. Uh, then I fill my other or I put my other hat on, which is my entrepreneur hat. And I started my business, goodness, back in 2011. It's almost been 10 years, which is just really, really wacky wow. to say. Congratulations. Yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, it's been a crazy ride and I've made so many changes in my business. But in the last couple years specifically, uh, really honed in on what I do and who I served and things started to change in my business to the point where we were able to bring Jeremy home from his corporate job. And now this business really uh, fuels our entire life. So Um, it's really neat that we are able to kind of like live this life together, Jeremy and I, where we, we are hundred percent parents and hundred percent entrepreneurs together. So that's really how I spend my time. I love it. 100% parents, 100% entrepreneurs. Um, Megan, how old are your kids, by the way? My, my oldest Kennedy, she's seven. Then I have Esley who is five. My son crew is Two, almost turning three, and then I have a nine-month-old Claire. Oh, my goodness. Definitely a full house. So I'm sure (laughs) things are typically very quiet and... (laughs) Yeah. Tame. (laughs) Yeah, let's just say that part of my time also is spent losing it because I can't handle the noise. (laughs) I mean, it happens. We we do our best and we make it work. Yeah. Um, Well, awesome. So tell me just a little bit more about what it's like with both you and your husband working from home. Yeah. So we kind of, we continue to shift our schedules and how we run our lives just based on what's going on. Uh, Currently, it's the way that we kind of run our lives together is when I work, Jeremy takes care of kids that are home and then vice versa. So when he works, he, I take care of, you know, Claire, cause she's only nine months. So she's still home full time. And then crew goes to preschool a few days a week. So then the other days we kind of flip flop helping each other, but it's wonderful. Honestly, we dreamed about working together from home for a long time. There was honestly a period in our marriage where we felt like we were just roommates when he was in corporate America, when, you know, he would go to work, he would leave the house at, you know, 7.30, 8 a.m. in the morning to commute to work. And then I would be home all day by myself trying to fit in a business 
while also juggling kids. And then he would get home, you know, sometime around 6.30-ish. And then we would truly spend our evenings just trying to get dinner on the table and honestly just not fight with each other. And um, it sucked. It was a horrible way to live. Like we just both looked at each other we were, we were, you know, at this point where we were at a crossroads, honestly, and Jeremy was on a track to make really great money in corporate America. I'm talking multi six figures in corporate America. And we were on this track looking at, you know, putting our kids in private school and financially, you know, filling what is the American dream. And we just looked at each other and we're like, we don't want this life. Like I don't want to spend my evenings just trying to not fight with you and not make each other mad so we can go to sleep, you know, not mad at each other, (laughs) you know? And so we just looked at each other and was like, no, this is not it. And we made this 100% pit. I mean, 180 pivot where it was, he quit his job and we were like, let's make this work. And, um, yeah, it's not all sunshine and rainbows. There are obviously times where Jeremy and I don't get along, but our marriage is completely different since we work from home together and live this life together. Wow. It, it's, I've got so, first of all, so many thoughts. First <laughs> thought being the American dream. Like, mm. can we make that more of like a multiple choice or a checkbox thing yeah. instead of it being one cookie cutter mold? Because Absolutely. I swear, I just, there are options. There are options and you don't have to fit a mold. And I just love that you guys stepped outside of that. And so with Jeremy leaving corporate America to work from home. So does he do his own thing? Do you guys work together? Tell me a little bit about that. So we kind of have two facets to our income as a family. We are, or I run this business and the business that we are working in now is my business. So I have a membership program for digital business owners and Uh, I sell website templates and I kind of built this whole creative bubble world. And let me tell you, this is not Jeremy's world. Like he doesn't understand us as creatives. (laughs) He thinks that my rainbow online world is weird and doesn't even know how I got to the point where I am today. But (laughs) I mean, it's it's different. It's like great. It's kind of difficult to explain to people who aren't in in it. So I totally, totally feel you. Yeah. He's kind of, he tried to like fit into my business to help me with stuff. And he does, he does, he like helps all on the logistical, like it technical side of my business. He now helps me, especially that we have a membership now. And I, my brain just like, can't handle all those details. Um, but before we had our membership, he really tried to fit in and it just wasn't working. Cause he's not a website designer. He's not a creative entrepreneur. He's like, if, if I could explain Jeremy and I in a nutshell, it's like, I'm a, I have only a right side of my brain and he only has a left side of his brain. (laughs) Um, But so now he does help with my business. So really the way that we've structured our lives is currently I'm working about three days a week from nine to three. And then Mm -hmm. he works the other two days a week from nine to three. And then, so he does, uh, he helps me with my business in that time period. But the other facet of our income 
which has been such a huge blessing. And what's really allowed us to step away or allowed him to step away from corporate America is the fact that we have built a portfolio of residential real estate properties. Um, so we own four homes and are purchasing our fifth homes and we have flipped those homes into rental properties. Wow. That sounds like so much fun and so much work. <laughs> it was a lot of work, but honestly that we just considered it part of our job. Just like I am an entrepreneur and I work in my business every day. We considered the way that we grew our portfolio, just an, another way of having a job. Oh. So yeah. So we, um, we're not rich. We're not trust fund babies. We don't have a ton of cash. And honestly, we averaged about $76,000 after taxes a year for our first eight years of marriage. Um, but we were able to, Jeremy really understands the full, uh, scope of the in real estate industry. So we were wow. able to kind of leverage everything that he has learned to, grow this investment portfolio. And so we are set for retirement. Heck yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh my gosh. Like that's a, that's a huge deal. Yeah. So when, when our mortgages are paid off, we will bring in over a hundred grand a year alone in our residential portfolio. So that has given us this um, freedom in a way that we never thought possible. So like you talking about the fact that like the American dream needs a few more check boxes. And we absolutely believe that. Yeah. Um, and this is the way that we have built our own quote unquote American dream. It was a lot of work. We, because we weren't, you know, cash rich at the time, we, tr we literally had to move into every single property that we purchased. So we purchased all of them as primary residences, moved in for a period of time, fixed it up and moved out. So we moved like eight times in eight years of marriage. That's, uh, that's stress-free, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, but that's what, I, that's what I even meant by like, this was part of our job. Like we just wow. considered this process a part of our job to the point where now, you know, my husband's only 35 and I'm 33 and we are set for retirement. So our work these days is just, I can't express to you the, the difference it's made in our here and now work. So I work for what I need now and I don't mm -hmm. have to stress about also working for what I need 60 years from now. Yeah. Oh so, my gosh. Yeah. It's been a huge, huge blessing and a way for to take so much pressure off of ourselves. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. So mom to four, in, an investment portfolio of residences. I don't even know if I'm saying that right, but that's <laughs> fantastic. Set for retirement. The two of you are both working from home, running businesses from home. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, I I'd like to hear a little bit about what running a business and essentially three days a week from nine to three looks like, because I think there's this, there are two common misperceptions when it comes to running your own business, that you're either working, you know, 80 hours a week, never sleeping, working nonstop. I, what's that saying? I quit working mm -hmm. my nine to five or I stopped working 40 hours a week for someone else so I could work 80 hours a week for myself or something yeah. like that. Mm -hmm. Or there's this misperception that people who work from themselves are 
constantly going out for coffee and, you know, back when we could travel, traveling and doing this and that working four hours a week because, you know, the whole four hour work week thing. <laughs> yeah. But it sounds like it's, it, you know, three days a week, nine to three. So what, what exactly are you doing during that time? Like, what does that look like for you? Yeah. So I know it sounds crazy. First of all, I don't believe in the four hour work week. I mean, I've read the book and I get the strategy, but no. <laughs> right. Plus, plus, let's be honest, like the whole, the, co- the whole concept is a little dated right now. Any, any extreme title that you can put on a, yeah. no offense, sorry, Tim, Tim Ferriss, but like <laughs> any extreme title that you can put on a, put on a book to sell copies. I mean, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> I mean, my husband is a huge fan of Tim and I really do appreciate his work, but I don't believe in a four hour work week. And honestly, right. I don't want a four hour work week. Let me just be I real like about working. that. I do too. I, I like I, what I do. I enjoy what I do. I enjoy showing up. I'm a creative to my soul. And even as an Enneagram 7 too, like I enjoy getting out and doing something. And work is a really, work is a way that I have channeled that energy. Um, but I also do believe that work should not be your life. And there was a time in our marriage very early on where work was my life right when I started my business. And over the last 10 years, I have learned a lot, so much. I know so much business strategy. It's not even funny. I, you know, I know how to marketing is one of these things that like I, it always comes to mind because I know, I know how to grow a Pinterest channel. I know how to, you know, rock it on Instagram. I know how to do email marketing. I know all of these different things. And this is just one example of marketing, but I know so much about running a business that I could do it all. I truly could. I know so much, but I've really kind of, it started in 2019 where I was just working myself to the ground. This is really in 2018 when I was just working myself to the ground. I was doing all these strategies. I was filling my time with all the things that I know how to do. And none of those things that I know how to do were bad or wrong or wrong to focus on. It's just, I was literally doing all of it. Mm. And, um, you know, the, the four hour work week, as extreme as it sounds, there is some sort of truth there that you should be able to work smarter, not harder. Right. Mm -hmm. But unfortunately, because I knew so much and because I was continuing this, you know, hamster wheel of doing all the things, I didn't actually know what was smart work and what was just a lot of work. Ooh. Yeah. So in 2019, I did something very extreme. And, uh, you know, we have, because of our residential real estate situation, we have equity in our home. So we have about a hundred thousand dollars in equity that we can tap into. And that's part of the safety net that allowed Jeremy to step away from his corporate job because we said, heaven forbid, if we cannot make money or, you know, if we're struggling in, as an entrepreneur, then we can tap into that equity for a certain amount of time. And then if we're still not making money, then you can go back to corporate America. Um, but because we had this safety net in that equity, 
I did something very extreme in 2019. And I essentially took my foot off the gas of being a business owner and stopped doing a lot of the strategies that we feel like we have to do in order to succeed in business, specifically in this world of being a creative entrepreneur. And so I stopped consistently creating content. Um, I stopped doing just a lot of these tasks that aren't wrong, but are tedious. And yes, I could have outsourced, but again, I wanted to figure out what part of my work was smart and what part of my work was just work for work's sake. Yeah, yeah. So if, if you're listening in and you are hearing about, you know, hearing Megan sort of explain this whole expectation that has been pushed upon creative entrepreneurs to, to be doing all of the things, um, Megan, can you can you tell us real quick before you shift into offloading, like what did all of the things look like? Like, what does that mean? Like, what are those expectations that creative entrepreneurs do all the things like the Pinterest and the this and the this? Yeah. So even just like continuing with my marketing example. So, you know, we're taught that, you know, from a content marketing perspective, which is true, that you need to show up consistently. And to do that, you need to have a blog post and then you have to write an email to go to that blog post. And then you have to create graphics for that blog post. And then you need to pin it. And then you need to get on Tailwind and schedule all those pins. Uh And then you need to keep showing up on Instagram regularly, you know, three to five times a week. And that takes 80 images or- Oh, and look, stories are a thing now. Oh, wait, now now you have to do- reels. Yes. And so it becomes this, again, none of that is wrong to focus on and none of their strategies are bad. They can lead to growth. But when you, when you start to like pile on all of these tasks and that, and that's just marketing, that's not all the rest of the facets of your business. Right, right? Doing the business. <laughs> right. So when you start like just continuing and continuing to pile on tasks then you it, it's very hard to pinpoint which of those things that you're doing is actually helping you move the needle in your business. Yeah. So what I did was essentially say, okay, I'm going to like cold turkey, take my foot off the gas. And wow. so I stopped. I stopped That's, all of it. Um, it was scary. I literally like stopped marketing my business in 2019. I was not showing up consistently. I I mean, I love Instagram. So that was probably one avenue that I still showed up, but it wasn't through consistent posting or planning. I, I don't even plan content anymore in my business. Um, but so I would just show up as myself in 2019 on stories and be silly like I normally am. Um, <laughs> but really, I truly stopped all marketing to see what would happen. And my business made more money in 2019 than any year prior to it. Wow. Yeah, I I was shocked. And so I could really see a direct result between whatever efforts I was putting in and revenue on the other Mm -hmm. side. And I, by stepping off the gas and doing only very, very specific things. For example, when I had a sale, I would send emails. Um, And that's pretty much the bulk of my marketing right there was emails in 2019. The rest of it, I stopped doing. I stopped Pinterest. I stopped Instagram. I stopped a consistency model, not because I think it's wrong. I just needed that space. And truly referrals were what kept my business going because I created a product and I, I stopped focusing on this like hamster wheel of marketing and started focusing on putting all of my time and attention and creating products so good 
that people just were compelled to share it. And referrals truly kept my business going through 2019. And even to this day, that is a huge reason that my business is the way that it is. Okay, y'all. So I know we could all probably use a little more time in our day, right? You're no stranger to busy schedules and intentionally filling them up to the brim because you just have so much to get done. But sometimes it feels like you don't really ever have the time to just slow down and enjoy the simple things. Simple things like when my toddlers are giggling and playing nicely together in the backyard, or when a Sunday afternoon nap sounds too good to pass up. We all want more time to enjoy these kinds of things, right? Well, if you love personality quizzes like I do, then you're in for a treat. In my new quiz, which you can take for free at AnnaDCornick.com forward slash quiz, I'm helping you uncover what it will take to get you from chaos to calm, to finally feel like you have space in your days. I know it can feel downright frustrating to keep using the same old time management strategies that just don't seem to work for you. You've got the planners, the calendars, apps, you're doing all the things, but you still feel like you have no time. And that's because you need time management strategies that work for your personality and your life. In my 10 plus years working in crisis communications and chaos management, in all the time I've spent with my clients, I've learned that everyone has their own needs. And knowing what those needs are can really help you discover the best approach to planning your days. Knowing yourself can help you ease up busy schedules, and find more calm and clarity in your week. Do you wanna know how to get there? To have more breathing room in your days? Let's figure out your time management personality type so you can uncover exactly what you need to do to feel more productive, less stressed, and more balanced. You can take the quiz at AnnaDCornick.com forward slash quiz, and I'll make sure to link to the quiz in our show notes. All right, on with the show. Wow. So speaking of the way that your business is the way that it is, you know, with you running your business and having, you know, Jeremy also working at home, you guys having the schedule that you've set up, tell me a little bit about, you know, the nitty gritty tools, tactics, techniques that you use to, you know, show up and, you know, figure out what the best, what the best thing or the right thing is. When you have a limited amount of time, how do you use it well? Yeah. So I use Trello in my business to kind of help me stay organized, Mm -hmm. which is funny because I used to be a huge Trello hater. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I know I mentioned it a couple of times, but I am an Enneagram seven and I get very, very overwhelmed with information. Mm -hmm. And by the way, you guys, I will link to a free Enneagram quiz in the show notes that you can take. I've mentioned the Enneagram before in episodes. It's a personality framework um, that I am a big fan of. So check out the show notes to find out more about that. Yeah. So I, because I keep bringing up the Enneagram because by studying my personality, I've been able to create a business that works for my life, not just allowing me to have time with my family, which is a big priority, but literally works for who I am as a person. Mm -hmm. And Um, so I used to hate Trello because it felt like information overload, but I've Mm -hmm. learned 
that it doesn't matter what tool that I use. I personally have to, it has to be stupid simple. (laughs) It really does. So the way that I, you know, organize my business in terms of like a management perspective is that I do not have a million tasks planned out. I don't have a million to do's uh, every day. I keep it stupid, stupid simple to where I know because of that time that I spent in 2019 taking my foot off the gas. And it's almost like the concept of if a child has an allergy to food and you like take away everything, right? And you slowly start adding back things back in. That's essentially what I did in my business. Oh, wow. Yes. So I took away all the the tedious tasks. You put your business on Whole30. I did. I did. (laughs) Yeah. I put my business on Whole30. I, you know, and then I slowly started adding things back in over the course of 2019 to figure out, okay, does this task actually move the needle? Like, can I see quick return on investment was really what I was looking for. And I know there is a long game conversation here, but I've been doing this for so long that the long game was already playing out for me, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so when I realized, okay, what efforts do I do that actually create return on investment that, you know, are non-negotiables, for example, connecting with my paying customers, you know, for example, in my membership, that's something I have to do. And it moves the needle for my business. Uh, main, maintaining my digital products that I sell. That's something that I have to do and it moves the needle because then people buy it and then they love it and they share it, right? Um, for example, uh, my email marketing strategy. That is something that moves the needle in my business when I uh, send e- emails. I can see a direct return on investment from the time that I write an email to the dollars I see in my bank account. Um, so I've really figured out this core, you know, six to 10 tasks that I do in my business that I can see truly move the needle. And so I have those built out into my week, my three days. And those six to 10 tasks, I I spread them out over three days that week, and they do not fill my entire day. And then Those are kind of like my maintenance tasks. I have to do those in my business to keep it moving forward. But there are things that I like to do. I like to explore. I'm an Enneagram 7. I'm an idea girl. I love Mm -hmm. to, you know, to try new things. That's to the core of who I am. I'm an adventurous person. I get my energy from creating and exploring and experimenting. And so I keep my Trello so, so stripped back. So that way I have flex time during my business week to either work on something that is really, really relevant. So again, because I've, I've taken so much effort to figure out what actually moves a needle in your business, I can quickly spot tasks that I can do to that aren't necessarily maintenance tasks. For example, um, you know, creating an affiliate program. That was not a maintenance task in my business, Mm -hmm. but I could quickly see that if I did this work, then I would see a return on investment from that. So that's like a, a, a concept of a project I could pull into my flex time and get that done. And I didn't have a deadline for that. I didn't have action steps for that. I had none of that planned out. I just did it. Step by step time and action plan with objectives for each. 
Right. No, I I didn't. I don't need all of that specifically for my personality type, but also because I don't fill my time with a bunch of tedious tasks. I have the mental space to be able to quickly see a need that I know will bring return on investment and act on it Mm -hmm. because I have a plate that is not stuffed with things Mm -hmm. that we feel like we have to do or we should do as entrepreneurs to succeed. Yes. Um, That's, you don't have a full to the brim plate. So you're able to think through things. You're able to be choosy and you're able to follow your energy. Yeah. And so in my Trello board, I have this like, so I have my days and on my Trello board, I have like Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and I have those, you know, six to 10 tasks spread out on those three weeks. And then I have this, to-do list. So it's not like, you know, in the middle of a workday, I might think of a random thing that I want to do or I need Mm -hmm. to do. And so I put this on this to-do list on the side of my three days. I call it my to-dos on tap. Yeah. And so whenever I, you know, am done with the 20% of core efforts that bring in 80% of the results, those are those six to 10 tasks. Whenever I'm done in a day with that work, I just look at my to-dos on tap and I say, what sounds fun? What sounds interesting for me to focus on right now? I'll pull it over and I just do it. And people ask me all the time, like, Megan, how do you get so much done? And I, the true answer is I don't do it all. I don't do all the things that we believe we should do. I just do the things that I want to do. And this crazy simplified system has allowed me to continue on. 10 years in, I'm still going, even though I don't have goals and action plans and big, huge five-year visions and all the things, but I'm still going, I'm still moving the needle and I'm providing for my family. So it's just, again, a different way to go about the American dream. Yeah, you're doing it your way, which Mm -hmm. is what is utterly so inspiring. And one thing I'll say is that I can't tell you how many people have said to me, oh, well, I tried Trello, but it didn't work for me. Or I tried this, but it didn't work for me. And I think that what you just shared is proof that it really takes, you know, figuring out what way really works for you Mm -hmm. and really being in tune with, you know, your personality, you know, what works for you beautifully might make me kind of crazy or yeah. what works for me beautifully might make you want to just throw your laptop in the lake, you know? Yeah. yeah. It's really getting in tune with what works for you and staying true to that. So Megan, you know, on this subject of being authentic to who you are in terms of, you know, how you run your business, one thing that I love about you and, you know, I'll, I'll, of course, include a link to Megan's website and her social media in the show notes, but you are so incredibly colorful (laughs) and full of just sparkly personality and just whimsy and out there in a, in an online world that is very often blush and neutral. (laughs) Um, And, you know, the blush and the neutral is truly beautiful, but I, I love that you bring so much of your personality to to your work, to your business. And it's, that takes guts (laughs) that, I mean, that, that takes guts for some people. And, you know, like you said, you've been in this 10 years and your business has changed across those 10 years. Um, You know, can you tell me a little bit about what has inspired the changes in your business? Um, You know, 
kind of give us a really quick run through of where you started, what the middle looked like, and then tell us about, you know, what is this membership you have? I mean, I could tell everybody about it because I'm a proud member of the digital lab, but like, <laughs> let's, let's, let's hear about it from you and how you have arrived where you are. Yeah. Um, I love that you brought up, you know, having my own personality in this business and it wasn't always like that. I definitely was part of the cookie cutter world. And I, anyone who's listening, who has the blush brand, please don't read that, but read into that. But, um, you know, when I started my business, the natural thing to do, I think everybody does this when they start their business is they look outward at what other entrepreneurs are doing to get their inspiration for what they should be doing. And it makes sense. I learn from other entrepreneurs as well. I love studying other businesses and how, how things work, but we, we often start our businesses from a perspective, oh, well, XYZ brand or person is doing things this way and they are successful. So therefore I should emulate what they are doing to be successful, whether that's the way they present their brand or the words that they say, or the packages that they have, or the products that they're selling and, um, and, and who they're selling it to. We kind of, we, we naturally have this tendency to kind of try to fill or just like kind of be like, fill those footsteps. Like, you know what I mean? Like follow that path of some, what somebody else has already done. And I absolutely did that in the start of my business. I was a wedding planner when I started my business in 2011. And that was the natural thing, right? I loved weddings, but I wasn't confident as a business owner. So I looked outside of myself to get inspiration for what my business should be and how it should function. And I spent the good, the better portion of the first year or so in business, almost trying to fill the shoes of somebody else. And that is where I think imposter syndrome comes from. Mm-hmm. I mean, imposter syndrome, the definition is literally pretending to be somebody else, right? Yeah. Um, and so imposter syndrome really like stems from we have these fears that we're going to be felt as a fraud, but maybe, maybe that's because we are trying to fill somebody else's shoes. We're not being authentic to who we are. And so over time, I, you know, there is nothing new under the sun. I mean, maybe you might innovate a business. I feel like there is a very small percentage of entrepreneurs who come into the game and actually invent something brand new. Very, very small percentage, right? Most of the time- It takes a lot of pressure off too, honestly. Yeah. Most of the time we come in and we are creating a product or a service that is already being done. I guarantee you, I can find somebody else who's doing what you want to do, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And so- There's nothing new under the sun, but there is only one you. And I know that sounds really, really cheesy, but, you know, my business was really not growing at the rate that I wanted it to. And I thought, okay, I have been just trying to like learn how everybody else is doing this thing called running a business and growing an income. And I've never stopped to ask myself, what do I want this to look like? What would it look like if I truly just looked inward and created something that was 100% me and Mm -hmm. not based on the rule book that I'm like air quoting right now, the rule book that we see other people do the way they think things that they do. So 
because of that, I, um, I rebranded myself as a wedding planner and I went like total bananas. Like you said, I went like full rainbow, colorful, like that's like my heart. I love bright colors. This was bananas for the wedding industry at the time because the wedding industry was like very fine art esque. I was like coming into the scene with like this Kate Spade brand, (laughs) super colorful, like literally looks like somebody once told me that my brand looked like a unicorn threw up on it. I mean, I think to sum up your brand, you know that emoji where it's like the cone with confetti? Uh Uh-huh. Like that is you. That yes. is you. That is your brand. It's the yep. colors, it's the confetti, it's the celebration. Um. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So that kind of pivot when I rebranded my business, I quickly also grew my social media following at the time. Like it was like that transition. I think it caught people off guard. Like who is this person and why is she being totally different? And it other business owners started looking to me and asking me if I would do what I did for myself. Cause I literally drove to Barnes and Noble, picked up books on Photoshop and on HTML so that I could learn how to do this by myself and rebranded and like rebuilt my website by myself. And, uh, other business owners were like, hold up, wait a minute. We want something different too. Will you do this for us? And so my first transition was going to brand designer. And then I really found that I loved connecting with other business owners. Like I nerd out about business strategy. I nerd out about all of this stuff. And so I just found this huge, huge passion of connecting with other business owners. And that led to naturally starting to share more of the back end of my business and what I'm doing and how I'm doing things my own way. And I was doing that on my blog. And then that just naturally led to other business owners asking for advice and wanting more of that, wanting more of that behind the scenes perspective of how I was actually doing something and not just teaching you how to do something, if that makes sense. And so the membership that I have now was really born way back in the day in 2016, when I started doing this process of just sharing what I am doing in my business. And so now I, since then I've pivoted, I've pivoted from doing one-on-one brand design work and then launched my own line of website templates. And that's really where things started to change for me. And that's those digital products have like, that's why I'm able to work three days a week because I sell digital products and not services and they run on autopilot. And so, um, you know, over the years, people have asked for help. Like, how can I create a digital business? How can I, you know, sell digital products so that I can stop trading all my time for dollars? And yeah. so it really became, and it is now with the, with COVID, you know, like everyone, yeah. need, everyone's online, everyone needs to, everyone has had to pivot in some way, shape or form and creating and selling digital products has been a big, big, uh, initiative for a lot of people this year. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, this year in the middle of, my kids being home and, and the pandemic happening and people turning to me. I mean, literally when the world shut down in March, I had people in my DMS that, you know, were in the wedding industry or other service-based industries, just asking for me for help for just random specific questions about running a digital business. Like what tools should I use for this webinar? Or, Hey, what product could I create? Because my business has totally stopped. Like everything has stopped and I'm not making any money. How can I, get into the digital product world with what I know how to do and what I'm really good at. And so it just kind of spurred my 
it, it kind of just like stirred up this idea within me that I need to help people do this in some way, shape or form. And we decided we got this idea to create a membership, very, very affordable and approachable to where it's like literally opening my laptop. If you were sitting right next to me in my office, I could just open my laptop and say, Hey, this is how I do this. This is how I run my digital business. This is all the tools that I use. This is the strategies. This is that I use. These are the this is how I write an email newsletter, or this is how I create a sales funnel, or this is how I would build a sales page. We just kind of had this idea that I can share all of this information. And uh, so we launched this membership within six days of getting the idea. And it's just <laughs> blown up since then. And we have over a thousand people now. And that, and it's just been like six months, which is wow. I feel like I've said wow 37 times during this interview. (laughs) You guys have got to forgive me for being so repetitive with the wow. But yeah, as, as, so I'm a member of Megan's digital lab and it, the way that she presents the information, it's not a super boring um, (laughs) step-by-step. Like it's literally like looking over her shoulder and learning it's the realest thing I've ever seen, basically. Well, like it's it's so wonderful, so helpful. And thinking back to those early days of the pandemic, I would go on a walk with Camilla, my little girl, pushing her stroller for just an hour just to get out of the house. The weather was still great in Louisiana. And I would pop in my AirPods and prop up my phone on the stroller and watch videos from Digital Lab during those early days. I, wow. I mean, I probably popped in within a week of you starting it because I knew like, oh, this is going to be good. Wow. Now I'm the one saying, wow. <laughs> um, that's true. amazing. I love it. Uh, yeah, that was really the goal is just to create something real. And I, we kind of say that this is not the place for curated content. Uh, Mm. I could spend the time to create slides and really um, gorgeous curated, uh, you know, video trainings. But we, Jeremy and I both believe that the internet just moves too fast. The internet Mm -hmm. just moves too fast to keep up with this step-by-step and process-driven, you know, in-depth content that I could create Mm -hmm. that, you know, I, I could do that. And then two weeks later, something has happened or a trend is shifting and has a new feature. Right. So we just went like super raw and real. Like I literally press record on my computer. I don't have a fancy, you know, I don't create slides and all of this stuff to create this content. I just say, Hey, this is exactly how you can do this in your business. Whatever that is from, you know, content marketing, email marketing, social media, advertising, sales and funnels, launches, all this stuff. I just, I don't need to spend months and months and months creating, curating content. I can just literally hit screen record and show you how I do it. And that's kind of where we got, that's kind of the idea and, and, and what we dreamed up in the beginning. And then we never would have imagined that the community was going to be as amazing as it is. Um, Mm -hmm. That is really what I think the magic of the membership is, is our community. The fact Mm -hmm. that people are truly helping each other. Um, You know, it's not a perfect system to be on Facebook. I know some people wish that Facebook was not a thing right now, but, um, you know, it's, it's like, it brings me so much joy when I log in on Facebook and I see real people inside digital lab asking questions and then other people giving advice. It's not just all me sharing what I do because I'm only one person, you know? Um, so it's really, really neat to see 
a community of people who are all focused on the same goal of creating a business, just like we've talked about in this whole entire episode that, you know, creating a business that is a, a a part of your life. It is not your life. Mm -hmm. And that's what the digital business model can allow you to do. And all of these different people do it different ways. And it's really, really neat to see us all coming together to help each other and help each other, like continue to move forward towards that dream. Yeah. It's beautiful. Our version of the American dream, what that looks like for each of us. So Megan, I cannot thank you enough for the time that you have given us today. The time, the perspective, your expertise, sharing your journey. I'm completely blown away and I can't hear, I can't wait to hear what you guys listening in think about this episode. Before we hop off, got a fun question I love to ask, you know, if you could go back in time to 20-year-old Megan, you know, what is a piece of advice that you would give yourself? I would tell 20-year-old Megan two things. Number one, that there is no box. Um, I, I was the girl who grew up in a home where, you know, I was preached, you need to go to college, you need to get a degree, you need to get a job that's going to pay the bills, a, a respectable job. Um, you know, and that just really that corporate America life. And there's nothing wrong with that. If you are listening in and you have a corporate job, please hear me out. I don't think there's anything wrong with that, but I felt trapped by the box that I was taught as a child. And I didn't know that there was this world out here of creativity and exploration and just and, and innovation and even being an entrepreneur, I knew that that was a thing, right? I knew small businesses were a thing, but I didn't know that you could literally just create something from what's true to your core and what you're passionate about and what, um, what you're really good at. I didn't know that you could actually build an entire business that can support your whole life and your whole family. I would have never imagined that that was possible from the narrative that I was taught. Yeah. Um, and so there are boxes, but there doesn't have to be a box and you can go out and you can create something from what you are passionate about. And it's, there's just never been a better time to do that, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and then I would also tell myself because I feel like a lot of us, when we jump into entrepreneurship, we, you know, we're so excited about it and we want to do all this work and we really want to build it and we want to see it be a success. And I just would tell myself that the work is always going to be there. I'm 10 years into being an entrepreneur and it doesn't matter how many projects I've done, how many things I've accomplished, uh, how many milestones I've hit. The second I hit a milestone, I'm always, I'm already looking forward to the next thing that I have to do. And it's just taught me that the work is always going to be there. You have to stop. You can shut the computer at three o'clock if you want to, if you want to, um, because it's going to be there at 9 a.m. on Wednesday when you open it again. And it's going to continue to be there for the entirety of you running a business. So just remember that the work truly is always going to be there and you can stop it when you want to. Wonderful. Megan, Thank you so, so much for everything that you've shared with us. I'll be sure to put all of your contact info in the show notes, but for anyone listening right now, you know, how can we stay in touch? How can we keep up with you? 
Yeah, so you can learn about our membership program. You can go to digitallaballaccess.com and all the information about our membership is there, how you can join us. There's a free guide for you if you'd like to learn more about uh, being a digital business owner and running a digital business. All of that is there for you at digitallaballaccess.com as well as I would love to connect with you in an uncurated, non-planned way <laughs> on Instagram. Uh, my handle is at Megan Martin Creative. So I would love to connect with you there. Awesome. Well, Megan, thank you again so much. This has been so awesome. Um, oh, really, thank really, you. really appreciate you. Really wish I could just give you a big hug right now for everything. And I look forward to talking with you soon. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thanks, friends. And there you have it, proof that it's possible to design a business that fits your life and family, do time management, work less than 20 hours a week, and plan for your retirement, all while being authentic to who you are and what matters most to you. You can find links to sign up for Trello for free, as well as grab a 14-day free trial to Megan's Digital Lab and connect with her on Instagram and elsewhere by visiting the show notes at abouttimepodcast.com forward slash 52. And if you want to head straight for that 14-day free trial of Megan's Digital Lab and start soaking up all of her behind-the-scenes, real and raw, perfectly imperfect digital product expertise, you can head straight to abouttimepodcast.com forward slash digital lab to jump in and join us. All right, that's it for today and for episode 52. Thanks again for listening, and I look forward to talking with you soon. Thanks for listening to It's About Time, a podcast about work, life, and balance. Head over to www.abouttimepodcast.com to join the conversation. Check out the show notes and dive into bonus content so you can start living your best life today. Love this episode? Be sure to share it with a friend, subscribe, and leave a review. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you in the next episode.